0: Hey there, thank you so much for checking out this message with us at Believer's Chapel. Our prayer is that you have a genuine experience with God and that you're able to connect with him in a deeper way as a result of listening to this message. Thank you again, God bless you. Uh, You have to pardon me because this last week was uh, VBS, our Vacation Bible School. Yeah, it was a blast. We had so many volunteers here. Um, I did the dancing with the kids, so I'm a little tired, so pardon me. But uh, yeah, we had a great time. We had so so many, some of you guys were there. A lot of our kids' workers were there. We even had a day where the staff came out and helped. It was wonderful. And I would love to show you guys a little bit what happened. So if you grab your seat and watch this video, we'll make that happen. Another hand for our kids team. They did such an excellent job this week. It was absolutely phenomenal. The kids had so much fun, and get this, there were six kids there that made decisions to follow Jesus. So there's a party going on in heaven, and it was a great time. Just all of, uh, just all credit, man, to uh, to Dallas and Ashley and the whole team. Uh, that put a VBS together and uh, we're leading that. It was again just absolutely a spectacular time, and uh, we are so glad to be able to to do things like this, to be able to host uh, events like this, and um, and to tell kids about Jesus. Isn't it an amazing thing to get to spend time telling kids about Jesus? Right? Awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. On the topic of vacation and, uh, and, and, and such, uh, do I do have any weekend warriors in the building today? Anybody that's like, I live for the weekend? Anybody? Nobody? Got a couple? I see a couple. Uh, do we have any vacation junkies? Right? Like, we got those? Yeah, you, you're out there. I know you are. Um, in, in 1981, uh, the band um, Loverboy put out a song called... Uh, working for the weekend. Does anybody remember that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you guys regale me just a little bit? Because I, I know how it goes. Anybody that knows how it goes with me? Yeah, yeah. One, two, three, four. Everybody's working for the weekend. Yeah, there we go. Okay. I'm not going to stop there because I forget the words. Anyway, <clears throat> but I remember that. Uh, that song specifically uh, because it's been used in movies and there's always this montage of people like you know going to work and doing stuff and um, and you know it's funny because uh, you know we live kind of in that space sometimes right we live for the weekend we live for um, you know vacation uh, and on that note I want to tell you guys about the most memorable memorable vacation that I had as a kid okay so uh, before I get into that I need to I need to to confess something to you guys, okay? I'm gonna put put on my uh, my confession hat here, okay? Um, I really need you to get this, okay? Despite what you see in front of you, my greatest aspiration as a kid, okay? Whenever I was like five, six years old, my mom can confirm this. My sister can confirm it too, they're both here. I wanted to be a cowboy. I wanted nothing more. Abby, can you, can you give, me, give me that first picture? That's me. That's me, five, six years old, I think, something like that. Um, I wanted nothing more than to be a cowboy, okay? So growing up, uh, that was a, this was a big deal, okay? So we took a trip, my parents took us, to visit my aunt and uncle in a little town called Harper, Texas, okay? Now, a couple things for you to know. Number one, uh, my Uncle Cecil, who, who may be watching online right now, actually, um, is like my hero at this age, right? He is the coolest guy in the world because he is Walker, Texas Ranger, as far as I'm concerned, okay? He is a real-life, actual cowboy. Like, wears a, a Stetson hat, you know, um, uh, wears cowboy boots. He, he wears Wranglers all the time. He's, that, he's a real cowboy. Like real life cowboy, they have cows, they have bulls on their ranch. They live now you know, near San Antonio in a little town called Poteet. Um, but we took this trip to see them and it was the best. It was the best, okay? So we got there, uh, my, it's, it's a funny story because my dad and my, uh, my uncle, uh, you know, we were out there, there was this like big barbecue happening and, and there was a horseshoe tournament and they, 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 they were like, we're pretty good. So they get in and they, they, uh, they decide they're going to play horseshoes and they joke and say that they got beat by the champs uh, because in the first round they got knocked out, knocked out by the people who won the tournament last year. Um, it, there, there was that. There was, we got to go to a rodeo. A rodeo. like have, Has anybody ever been to an actual rodeo before? It's the coolest thing ever, right? Uh, so we got to watch, watch people roping and riding and all this stuff and here's... here's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys, like, this is, a, this is a core memory for me, okay? Like, we're talking childhood memories right here, okay? Uh, let's, let's see that next picture, Abby. Okay, so that's me in my red cowboy boots. I had red cowboy boots, you know. <laughs> Only the coolest cowboys wear red cowboy boots. Uh, and then that last picture there, that is a highlight of my childhood, okay? <laughs> that's me sitting on Damn the Horse, and you can see there's a shadowy figure behind me. That's my Uncle Cecil, okay? So uh, Uncle C, he was, he was the coolest thing. And, and all I can remember thinking about that trip was that it was just the best thing ever. And me in my five, six-year-old brain, right, uh, probably couldn't have articulated it this way. But the thing that stuck out to me and the thing that, that I kept thinking about was this is how life should be, Right? Like, all, I, I look back and it's just a highlight reel of all of the best moments, right? I'm sure that there were times where things weren't particularly going the way that we wanted it to or we had to wait on things or, or all that. But, but the highlight reel lives in my head as, man, this is how life should be. For me as a kid, that was how life should have been. And here's the thing, okay, is that you and I, we all live with A version of things in our head uh, that we identify as what life should be like, right? Like we observe our life and there's often frustration because what we see doesn't match the picture in our minds or that lives in our hearts of what everything around us should look like. Does that make sense? Okay, but here's the thing. There is what we call objective truth, right? So everybody's picture in their head of what the world should be like is different. So who decides what the world should be like? That's a hard question, isn't it? We have to have objective truth that tells us what it should be like. And for us, as Christians, we have the Bible as our objective truth, right? Right? And the Bible talks at length about a lot of things. It does talk about the way that the world should be. And not only that, but it describes to us what it will be like when everything really is the way that it should be. See, we have a term for that, okay? We, we call that heaven, right? We, we think of that as, uh, as the place where, you know, people who are, who are faithful, who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, where they go after they pass away, right? That's how we think about it. That's how we think about heaven. Uh, we think about it as, as though it's just this far off, uh, distant uh, thing that, that we don't get to interact with here in the day-to-day. Sorry, this thing's uh, kind of acting up a little bit on me. Um, And the bible is very clear about heaven it's very clear about the types of things you should think and feel about heaven we're gonna be reading today from uh, some passages out of the book of revelations okay now spoilers okay it's the back of the book it's the very end of the book we're actually gonna be reading from the last chapter of the last book of the bible okay spoilers uh we win okay The good guys win in the end. Uh, Everything works out, okay? So take all your pain, all your stress, everything that's bothering you right now, put it up on a shelf because the objective truth is this. Everything's gonna be okay. God God has got this, okay? You are not left alone and everything is gonna be okay. All right, so that, we're we're just gonna get there. Yeah, amen. So let's read a little bit about an objective truth about heaven right now. In Revelations 22, 1 through 5. Here's the thing about the book of the Revelations, okay, that I want you to understand, okay? I'm not going to dive into all of the biblical scholarship about it, but it is a very interesting book of the Bible, okay? There are parts of it that are meant to be, uh, that are written as letters to churches, okay? Those, that's a literal passage right and then there are parts of it that are prophetic which are speaking about the future okay uh, and in, in a way that the, the Holy Spirit can can reveal things to us and then there is uh, a large part of it is what we call apocryphal okay which means don't, don't get hung up on the words okay all it means is this it's talking about the end the end of time the end of our world okay and what it looks like in the beyond okay so what I want you to understand from this is not that you should be reading every single word and trying to say, this is exactly the thing. Listen for the tone. Because God is communicating a truth to us about the things that we should anticipate and feel about heaven. Okay? So track with me here. Revelation 22:1 1 through 5 reads like this. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, cre- clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Verse three No longer will there be a curse upon anything. Get that. No longer will there be any curse on anything. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. And they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads, and there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and He and they will reign forever and ever. Amen, right? Get a sense for the tone here, all right? Because what we're seeing is the glory of heaven being revealed to us through the lens of the Apostle John, okay? We are limited by his language for him to be able to describe the greatness of heaven. Every single one of these passages, you're going to notice that. Where he, it seems like he's trying to describe things that are just kind of too good to describe. Over and over again, we see that. So we read that description of heaven, but what are some other things that the Bible says about heaven? Let me start by saying this, okay? Before we get into what heaven is, we need to talk about what it's not, okay? Number one, here's what it's not. It's not the place where all of your earthly desires get given to you, right? It's not about how much money you can have or uh, the, the, the fancy car that you can drive or, uh, or having all the attractive men or women you desire, okay? That's not what it's about, okay? It's not the place where our flesh will be fulfilled. It's a place where our spirit will be fulfilled, okay? So all of the good things that your spirit longs for that you cannot even understand or articulate, those are the things that you will be fulfilled in. Okay? Secondly, what the Bible is not. The Bible is not Jesus and his little homies, you know, the little naked angel babies, uh, sitting around strumming harps like they're high or something. Okay? That, like, these are, these are the depictions that people have in their heads and seen throughout history. Okay? That's not what it is. Okay? It's not, it's not a boring place. Okay? Now, I need you to... to Latch on to that idea. It's not a boring place, okay? It is also not the place where all the boring people go, okay? Mark Twain famously said that uh, if given the choice, he would choose hell for the, uh, heaven for the climate and hell for the company, okay? That's, trust me, that's not actually what you want, okay? What you want is heaven. Why? Because it is the fulfillment of every good thing, every good promise that God has given us. It's not boring. So what is it? What is heaven? What is it like? Casey, tell me, what is it like, man? It's like this. The Bible describes heaven as a place of beauty. In Revelations 4, 2 through 6, again, we're listening through the Apostle John's uh, um, uh, lens here, and he's trying to describe all these great and glorious things. At once, I was in the spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. I don't even know what that means. I don't think I could identify jasper by sight. But that's the thing. He's describing all of these things to us that are are luxurious and amazing, and it's through his filter. And so we're seeing that. I don't know what what a rainbow that shines like an emerald is, but it sounds awesome. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white, and they had crowns of gold on their head. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In, the, in front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits, or the sevenfold spirit of God. Also in front of the throne was what looked like a sea of glass, as clear as crystal. The Bible also talks about uh, the, that heaven is, is uh, the gate to heaven is, is pearl. It doesn't say it's, it it, it actually says the gate of pearl like as though it's a single piece. Like I can't even comprehend what it's like to have an entire gate carved from a single pearl. The the richness of heaven is described as though the, the, the streets themselves are paved with gold. Like gold is worthless enough in heaven that they pave streets with it. That's how great it is like gold is our standard of value and they use it for sidewalks why because the richness is so great in heaven it's described as a place of beauty it's uh jesus describes it as a place full of mansions he says in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you i go to prepare a place for you and if i go to prepare a place for you i will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. It says that in John 14. In, uh again, in Revelation uh, 4, 6 through 11, it says that uh, there are creatures around the throne. And it describes them as these crazy beasts with like multiple heads and eyes everywhere and wings, lots of wings. Scary amount of wings, okay? Just wings everywhere, Okay. Um, he describes these creatures, and periodically around around the throne of heaven, they just stop. Everybody stops, and they just worship. You know, Bernie and his team does, does a great job to usher us in to worship, and, and so that we can experience God's goodness and His His presence here. What we do here is the business of heaven. When we enter in, man, we, what we're doing is we are doing the work of heaven here on earth. It says the elders take their crowns, they cast them to the ground, they throw themselves down before the throne of God. And they worship. And they worship. It's a place of unity. What does that mean? It means every race is present. We're all there. Nobody gets left out. Nobody gets left behind. Revelation 7 9 through 10 says this After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Let me just say this. The reason why you hear so many people up in arms about things like racism is because it has no place here on earth, because it has no place in heaven. There is no, doesn't matter what somebody looks like on the outside, doesn't matter what language they speak, it doesn't matter what their, their uh, cultural background is. If they are a believer, then we are one in Christ. So get used to seeing people who don't look like you here in this church because you're going to see them in heaven. Get used to it. That is the image of God here on earth is all people coming together to worship the Father and to, to spend time in his presence because that's what it's like in heaven. It's a place of unity. It's a place of peace and joy and praise. Revelation seven fifteen and 17 says this. 15 through 17 says this. Therefore... They are before before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There's no sadness. There's no hunger. There's no thirst. There's no exposure to the harsh elements that we here have come to to know. It's a place of peace and joy and unity. You've heard Pastor Rich say this this quote over and over again. Billy Graham said he was interviewed on Larry King one day, and, and, and they asked him, What's the thing you look forward to most about heaven? And out of all the things he could have said, he said, I'm just looking, for the, looking forward to the fight being over. Because it's over. There's peace. There's perfect peace. All of the things that give you stress and anxiety and cause depression, none of those things exist in heaven. It's the realization of how things should be. The Bible describes heaven to us using our own language, right? And because of that, we're we're very limited in understanding the, the descriptions, okay? It's important that we gain a sense from these passages of the tone. What is the tone here? The tone is that heaven is an amazing place. It is awesome, and it should cause you to go, wow. Wow. Something within your heart should leap for joy whenever we start talking about heaven because you know that everything that your heart longs for will be fulfilled because you will be complete and whole. My, uh, one of my, my favorite band in the world has a song that's called Restless and uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a snippet and it's talking about when, when we finally meet Jesus. And the, the lyric says like this, And then, at the sea of glass, we meet at last completed and complete. He says, I'll be waiting, anticipating all that I aim for, what I was made for, with every heartbeat. Everything inside me is going crazy. Looking and waiting for you. Paraphrasing, but that's how it goes. It's apparent that God wants to see and feel the wonder of heaven... One of my favorite, this is, this is a very, actually, I, th- I would have to say he's my favorite because I don't think there's anybody else that fits this category. But my favorite fantasy author slash theologian um, is a guy by the name of C.S. Lewis, uh, also known as Clive Staples Lewis. He was uh, best buddies with J.R. Tolkien. You know, there's a lot of buzz about the Lord of the Rings. Um, but he wrote this series of kids' stories called The Chronicles of Narnia, right? You guys have heard me reference it before. And the last book is about the end of time. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an allegory, it's a metaphor for what we're gonna experience. And, and, um, and there are a lot of things where he takes literary um, license, right? There are a lot of things that I would look at and go, well, that's not exactly how it's gonna happen. But, um, but there is a, a way that he describes his character's feelings of heaven that just make me go, that's it. I wanna read this to you. His character, his Jesus character in the story is the lion Aslan and he starts and he says this is Aslan speaking he says the dream is ended says Aslan this is the morning and as he spoke he no longer looked to them like a lion but the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them and for us this is the end of all the stories and we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after but for them it was only the beginning of the real story All their lives in this world and all their adventures in Nardia had only been the cover and title page. Now, at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story which no one on earth has read. Which goes on forever. Which every chapter is better than the one before. Sorry, guys. One character describes the new world this way. It says, I have come home at last. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land I've been looking for all my life, though I never knew it till now. The reason why we love the old world is that sometimes it looked a little like this. Come further up and further in. Sorry. Feeling a lot of stuff. Um, You guys have heard me say this before. Uh, My dad passed away a couple years ago. It'll be three years in November. And I've, I've told this to a few people that oftentimes people want to tell me about my dad, that, you know, he's, he's looking down on you or, you know, whatever. And um, the most comforting thought for me is that he would not. The most comforting thought to me is that I watched my dad work every single day of his mortal life, working hard, providing for a family. You know, And to know that he gets to a place where, one, the fight is over, and two, it's better than he can imagine. And my hope is that he doesn't think about me. <laughs> my hope is that he's so overcome with seeing Jesus and experiencing his presence that I'm the furthest thing from his mind. Heaven is so much bigger and better than you can imagine. It's the thing that your heart has been waiting for that you don't, that you don't even know that your heart is waiting for. The reason why we sometimes love this world is because it looks just a little bit like heaven. Not much, but it's there. I think that people have some really wrong assumptions about heaven. I think that they have some really big assumptions uh, I think there are some viewpoints that they have that, that cause really big issues for them. I think about that old vacation and I remember the good things and, and none of the waiting and worrying and, and, and all that stuff is there. It's like, like I said before, it's like a highlight reel of all the good things that happen. And to be honest with you, that's what heaven is like. Because all of the stuff all of the negative stuff just doesn't exist. All of the things that cause you grief and pain, they, they're not there, guys. I know that I keep on saying this, and this is, I want you to really get this, though. If you're not excited for heaven, i got to wonder if you really get it. Because there's a lot to be excited about. I get, I get. I've, I've had conversations with people who have these uh, have these like really weird kind of um, thoughts about heaven, right? Uh, to me, at least, I, they're probably pretty common. But um, I have encountered people who are they're too scared to want to go to hell, but they're also afraid of going to heaven. Because the main thought they have is, well, what if I'm bored? What if I'm I'm just bored the whole time? Like, eventually it's got to get old, right? It doesn't get old. Every, it's like, we don't have the words to be able to describe how good it is. And one of the things that I, I like to do to describe it is there are moments and I know, I know a lot of you guys have experienced this. There are moments whenever we are here and we're worshiping God and the spirit of God is moving and it, se- it feels like time stops. Has anybody ever experienced that where you're in worship and it's just like, man, I could stay here. I could stay here forever. Yeah? Okay, that's what heaven is like except infinitely better. It's so much bigger and so much better than you, can, than you can ever even imagine. Heaven looks like Jesus. In fact, if you gave me three words to describe what heaven is like, I would pick these three words. It would be um, eternity, okay? It just doesn't end, okay? And it's a kingdom that will... It will always be there. It's, just never, it's not going to end. We don't have to l- look forward to some kind of impending doom because it's not coming. The second is kingdom. It is the realization of God's intended plan for us under his lordship. And the last one is Jesus. It is an extension of who God is shown to us most clearly in the person of Jesus. So, Now that we know a little bit about heaven. Now that we know that the reason why we love this earth a little bit is because it looks like heaven a little bit. Now that you know that there's something inside of you that's screaming that this can't be it, that something is wrong here because it wants heaven. What do you do with this information? What do you do with it? I'm going to tell you. I believe it was 1987. Another, uh, another um, let's say, uh, person who fits into a narrow category. Um, songwriter slash, I don't know, maybe amateur theologian. Uh, Brandi uh said this in a song. We'll make heaven a place on earth. You guys remember that one? It's a good song. Knowing about heaven not only gives us hope for the future but it gives us a picture of what the world should be like today you, you remember how i was talking about how uh, heaven is a place of unity where all races are going to be present right we can see that that's one that's an easy one that we can look at our our, our world and say this this uh, world is divided by race and ethnicity and languages and all of these barriers we want to bring people together okay whenever we worship here, we can say, man, worship is what's going on in heaven. We need to reflect that. Let's bring worship to this earth, right? Those things make sense. So what we need to do is we need to get past the idea of looking toward heaven as just the end goal. It's not just, it is an end goal. Absolutely is. I want every person in this place to, your heart stops, I want you to end up In heaven. But if that is all you are living for, you're missing the point. How do I know that? Jesus says this. When his disciples ask him, Lord, how should we pray? He says, pray this way. And he gives them the template that we know as the Lord's prayer. Right? Side note. Jesus did not say, pray this prayer. He said, pray this way. Nothing wrong with praying it but he wants you to follow this as a template for your prayer life. But one of the things he says in that is, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Why would Jesus bother giving us instructions to pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven if he did not intend for us to do our best to make it on earth as it is in heaven? The answer is he wouldn't. So it's our job as believers, how do, we make it, how do we make heaven come down? How do we make heaven reflect earth? Every time you choose to be Christ-like, you choose Christ and his will over your will. Every time you submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Because that is what exists in heaven. Heaven I don't want to get too deep off in, in the weeds of this because I, I don't want to keep you guys super late. But the defining factor of heaven is not that it just goes on forever. It's not the eternal bliss that happens. The defining factor of heaven is this, that everything in heaven is submitted to the lordship of God. Everything else is an offshoot of that. Okay? Because if you look at the beginning in Genesis, we had God created people that were designed to not die. They were designed to endure, to last forever. Okay? Just like heaven lasts forever. But, whenever they got away from the lordship of God, they broke the system and then things, death entered into the world and things fell apart. So, God's lordship is the cause. All of those other things come as an extension of that. So whenever you choose to put yourself under the lordship of Jesus Christ, you are enforcing God's will in a little bubble of your world. Remember Pastor Joey talked about uh, moving the borders around? What are you doing? You're redrawing the borders. In this space, Jesus is Lord. In my home, Jesus is Lord. Lord. Every time you choose Christ over yourself. Every time you love your neighbor as yourself. Why? It's the will of God. Every time you give to those in need, there are very few things that draw the kingdom to earth like generosity. Why? Because you are proving that there, is, there isn't something else that has lordship over your heart. Money doesn't hold lordship over your heart. You're just going to give. You know what? God, is yours anyway. When you're generous, when you lift him up in worship. Can can you you guys just lift your hands all across this place for a second? Come on, let's just lift him up. Jesus, we love you. God, we give you our hearts. We give you our minds, Father. God, we say have your will in us. God, we say that you are good, that you are holy, that you are powerful. God, that you are present. God, that you are, uh, God, exceedingly and abundantly, uh, God, greater than anything that we can ask or think or imagine. Come on, lift up your voice to him right now. Come on, lift up some worship to him. Jesus, we love you. We, Jesus, we dedicate our lives to you. We dedicate our hearts to you. We lift you up and we say that you are good. You are so good to us. God, you are good in ways that we don't even deserve it, Father. We love you. Come on, can you feel heaven touching earth just a little bit now? When you worship him, when you move in the gifts of the spirit, you begin to bring heaven a little closer to earth. Come on, if you've got a spiritual language, begin to lift that up right now. Come on. Jesus. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. Every time you pray, you bring heaven a little bit closer to earth. Every day, whenever you go into your prayer closet or you sit down at your kitchen table with your Bible and you say, Jesus, be with me today. You are bringing heaven a little bit closer to earth. Every single day. All of these things are things that we are meant to do to bring heaven closer to earth every single day. God's will is that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. And we as kingdom people are obligated. Come on. We as kingdom people are obligated to do our part to bring heaven to earth. Yes, Be excited, look forward to the future, get it in your heart that heaven is a beautiful place, a a beautiful place of unity, of worship and prayer and, and, and love and joy and peace and unity and all of these things. Get that in your heart, look forward to heaven. But get it in your mind that today when you wake up that you're gonna bring heaven to earth, that somehow you're gonna bring the kingdom to somebody in need, that somehow you're gonna enforce heaven on people. Jesus did not just die to give you fire insurance. Jesus came here. He lived a perfect life. Okay? God wrapped himself in human flesh, was born of a virgin in Bethlehem. This this tiny package containing all of the hope of humanity and all of the glory of God grew up as a real man, lived a real life, a real sinless life. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He was falsely accused, crucified on a cross, buried, and three days later he rose from the dead, showing his power over death, hell, and the grave. Here is the best news you're going to hear all day. All you have to do to get a one-way ticket to heaven and to get a license to bring the kingdom to earth is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Would you bow your heads with me right now? The Bible says that we can have assurance of salvation. That we can know that heaven is ours. We do this by accepting the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If you would say to me right now, Casey, you know what? Heaven sounds cool. Definitely sounds better than hell. <laughs> I would love for that to be my goal at the end of my life. If you've never made a decision for Jesus right now, nope, nobody looking around. I'm the only person looking around right now. If you would just slip up a hand real quick, I see it, you can put it down. I see it, you can put it down. Anybody else? Come on. Don't don't miss this opportunity. I see it, put it down. There's one last thing I want to tell you before we do this. The greatest thing about heaven is is actually none of those things that I mentioned to you. You know what the greatest thing about heaven is? (laughs) It's Jesus. That someone who loves you enough to die for you, to take your place, will come to you and make you whole, Love you forever. Come on, would you guys say this prayer with me? Jesus, I want to take this opportunity to make you my Lord. I want for heaven to be my destination and for my life to now be used to bring heaven to earth. I accept your gift of salvation. I confess now, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I believe in my heart that you are raised from the dead that I will live with you in eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you guys just give a hand to all those people who made that decision today. (laughs) Amen. Well, we're going to take just a second, remember how I said whenever we bring, whenever we worship God, we bring heaven to earth. Would you guys stand? Can Can we just worship the Lord for a minute? Come on, all across this place, just lift your hands. Come on, begin to stir up some worship in your heart right now. Begin to stir up your voice. Come on. This is church. It's okay to be loud in here. Jesus, we love you. We praise you, Father. We praise you. We lift, you, we lift up your name. God, we declare that it is the name above every name. Hallelujah. Come on, begin to lift up your voice. Come on, if you want to pray in the spirit, sing in the spirit, feel free. Come on, this is the place to do it. Come on, heaven is coming down in this place right now. Jesus. 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 Come on, lift him up. Lift him up. Come on, now is your opportunity to to move the borders of the kingdom of God closer here. Come on. Jesus. 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 Thank you again for checking out this message. If you would like help taking your first steps on your faith journey, you can text the number 315-444-2100 and include the word Jesus in your text. We're going to follow up with you and help you get started. God bless you and thank you again.